Hey, everybody. We're back with another commission podcast, this time uh, from the singular Julie Webster. Actually, she's the dubular because this is her second commission podcast. Oh. Uh, if you'll recall, uh, a while back, she commissioned the mind-blowing teeth. I do recall. About a woman with chompers in her yoo Yeah. Uh, that uh, was a pretty fun one to watch, pretty fun in the podcast. Um, it's a story of childhood trauma resulting in uh, physical dysmorphia, I guess. I don't yeah. know. Uh, so she's got another good, uh, she's got another, well, I'm not going to say good or bad yet because we haven't got that point, but she's got another movie, another kind of a, a twisted one. Okay. This is The Voices, which I had never heard of, mm. but it stars Ryan Reynolds and Anna Kendrick, and it's directed by, uh, Marjan Satrapi, who in 2008 was an Academy Award winner for a sh- uh, an, a- an animated film that she made based on a graphic novel of her life growing up in uh, post-revolutionary Iran. So there's Persepolis? quite hmm? Persepolis? yeah Persepolis Persepolis um, and there's it's, so it's, this movie had a decent pedigree, but when I did some research into it, the studio got it, looked at it, and decided to give it a one-week release in L.A and New York City, and then dumped it. Yeah. And you can actually get, if you're an Amazon Prime member, you can stream it for free. And it was on Netflix. Your... It's been in my Netflix queue forever. I don't know if it's still up there. Holy but... shit, because I actually searched for it on Netflix first. It's always my It go-to. might not be there now, yeah. Oh, but yeah, like it's it's definitely streaming for free, uh, well, f- for quote-unquote free on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think of this movie? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Pretty good. I was shocked at how entertaining I found it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, uh, like, I guess you'd call this a horror comedy. Yep. There's a lot of dark comedy. A lot, a lot of yeah. black humor, but a lot of, like, interesting things. The, the one thing I don't like about the film is the very end, which we can talk oh, yeah, about. Oh, yeah, that's terrible. That's... Okay. Like, I thought felt like it's almost like the filmmakers didn't know what they had. Mm-hmm. And decided to like shove the the stick into the humor direction, and it just felt, you know, my bugaboo is tonal shifts, and this movie is replete with oh, wild yeah. shifts of tone. But they make sense in the they, context they make of the sense film. in the universe. Yeah. But at the end, I felt like it's almost like it's almost like you know when you see like a precocious person. And they're 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 talking and they're they're like stating opinions, but then they laugh like artificially after everything they say, almost like, oh, mm-hmm. don't take what I'm saying serious. You know, I think we should all end world hunger. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> just stop laughing. Like have the confidence in what you're saying. And I felt like this right. this was like an artificial, fakey, social maladjusted laugh at the end of what turned into a pretty serious and thought-provoking and, and gripping little drama yeah that's the thing i found most interesting about this is but let's let that spoil it just yet because i'm I, not I, yeah i'm not yeah, talking this about is the one end, i'm though. trying to encourage people to, to watch because I, I i i had never ever heard of this with and with the profile it had that's surprising to me well yeah so that's the thing i found most interesting is i thought going in this thing was just going to be a serial killer romp Right. I thought this was going to just be Ryan Reynolds as, as Deadpool, essentially. Yeah. Uh, going around killing people. And it turned into something with a much much more of a heart to it. Much yeah. more of like a serious look at mental illness in some ways. Sure. Now, I don't it's not everyone's brand of mental illness, right? It's not like And how and that's what I kept And up. I don't know how well it maps to reality, exactly. but 
there is something like if you if you look at this situation, it does lend some sort of humanity to the whole idea of insanity. And I only say that because it rhymed mental illness and how like I guess the other thing is I appreciate it at some point, like the line between mental quote health and mentally unhealthy is pretty fucking fine. Sure. Yeah. Because everyone can identify with an inner critic and a voice that's running you down and telling you, I mean, almost everybody, I'm sure there's those golden people out there that, you know, fucking wake up and they feel great every morning and Mm -hmm. they're beautiful and they're sexy and they're rich and they're famous and they're powerful and nothing ever doesn't go their way. Right. But yeah, like I was, there's this particular scene that we'll probably talk about where I'm like, shit, like I am standing at a hair's breadth from like i'm i'm a couple of bad months away and and lack of access to <laughs> oh, the, to, to a therapist from from now obviously i don't think i would run around but you know um i don't think i'd run around killing people but suffering from crippling no, depression is certainly on the table oh yeah so yeah. you know um getting an addiction is certainly on the table mm-hmm. uh but yeah um i don't know do you want? I, I guess we should before we get too far ahead of ourselves. Um, let Julie introduce this. Um, okay, one more thing though. We can, go, we can go wild. This movie is just fucked. Like, there's this line between like candy bubblegum movie and like fucked up weird dark humor. Yeah. that like pushes it over the edge for me. And this movie is just beyond that. I this, this movie I loved the tone it struck with the fucked up humor. This movie feels like if Wes Anderson had directed Antichrist. Okay. <laughs> That's you know not I mean? a bad comparison. Yeah. And and I will say that it is fucked and there is some uncomfortable shit and I no. this movie seems very polarizing because when mm-hmm. I was reading reviews, um it's like a seventy percent fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, but the people that hated it really fucking hated it if you're having a bad week or you don't feel good about yourself or yeah like it's it's not something that is super sensitive or gives a particular shit about feelings of the victims and if if that's Mm -hmm. gonna if that's gonna bother you then then maybe give it a pass but if you're feeling strong if you're feeling secure in your position of yourself in the world, then and and also if you think that Ryan Ryan Reynolds is incapable of anything other than essentially a motor mouth cocky pretty boy dickhole yeah. this movie could change your mind because oh you're I, going deadpool see he, the, everything he everything else hole, he's done dick, dick hole is the sequel uh <laughs> right dick hole deadpool too uh, uh everything else i've seen him in though he plays like this just bland generic pretty boy kind of guy oh really because i yeah. i associate him with like super cocky asshole uh he does play that like his van wilder character i guess is exactly, that but yeah. like a lot of the romantic comedy stuff he does, he's just generic, I nice guy, true. pretty boy. But I, I didn't uh, know that I've he seen had him this, in other stuff too. I, I where, didn't know he had this gear in him. Yeah, I did. I've seen I've seen him do like. There's one where he's buried alive. It might be called Buried Alive. Really? I can't remember. Yeah, and he's trying got to try and get out of this coffin, huh. and he's got like a cell phone, and it's real interesting. Uh, so he can do other things. Like and, I said, I don't. I like Ryan. I think there's there's you got to have some people hate him though. I know, but I mean, but I think the world needs some sturdy, good looking guys who can you know cock their eyebrow and say equip. Like there's there are you know um, that is a role that needs to be the the done. Who's that one? The Fraser guy that uh, is in the Mummy uh, and George of the Jungle. 
He's kind of Frazier guy. Isn't that thick? Oh, guy? Brendan Fraser. I think you meant from the no, show no, no, Fraser. No, no, no. Brendan Fraser. Like he's the guy that like almost is the guy, but then he kind of cratered and fell. And you know, Ryan mm-hmm. Reynolds. You know, he had a couple missteps there with R.I.P.D. and Green Lantern, where he could have gone the same route. Jesus, but yeah. This I hadn't seen the Buried Alive one. This it's movie. Buried. This movie kind of changed my mind of what this guy's ceiling could be, and also mm-hmm. I think it's it behooves a guy. It speaks well of a guy who has made a lot of money and a lot of big budget shit to do something like this that's just just risky as hell. Yeah, I read one review that said, you know, Ryan Reynolds has is having a bit of a renaissance and he a, has stopped a like renaissance. He has stopped accepting roles that are designed to make him a star uh, and just has accepted roles that he likes now. Yeah. And I think that's always a a good idea for actors. Uh, even Julie herself had discovered this movie from from uh, sheer accident. I'm going to get to her thoughts, and then we we can we can tear this tear into this movie. Okay. Uh, While teeth is purely for my own enjoyment and to make you guys uncomfortable, this one I picked because I thought the movie was truly fascinating. I love that this whole movie was basic from the POV of a violently mentally ill guy. It tries to give you an idea of what a lot of people. Uh, or why a lot of people that require medication don't like it and go right back off it again. Mm -hmm. How they may see the world and how it truly is to the rest of us. You can even see glimpses of how hoarders live the lives they do and be totally oblivious to what everyone else is experiencing. And his bond with his mother, wow. I found this movie because I was searching for Ryan Reynolds to find his movie Buried. There you go. okay, cool. But this one popped up instead. I noticed that Anna Kendrick in it, so I'm wondering why it didn't get a lot of press. Never heard a peep about it, but perhaps it was only marketed in the states. No, it 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 did it didn't, and it does seem like the studio just had a crisis of confidence. This movie was made in the can for like eighteen months before Lionsgate got it and and gave it its, its release, but it just just seemed like they looked at it. And I can see a bunch of Hollywood suits. Oh, Anna Kendrick and Ryan Reynolds. This is going to be fun. And oh, sure. this uh, Iranian girl who's gotten some press. Yeah, and then they look at it and they're just like stink face. Yeah, like they're who the hell is going to see this movie about a a comedic version of uh, uh, Dexter? Yeah, it's just not going to happen, man. Like, and the credits are fucked. And like, you start up. So let's let's talk about talking about the movie proper. If you think you might see this movie, and Jim says you can stream it for Netflix. If not, you got a, a Amazon Prime account. Um, like I said, I don't think you can now, but yeah, it, it's it's available there. Um, but I think you should. If 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 you, it sounds like this is something up your alley, or you don't think Ryan Reynolds can act, then then uh, ch- check it out because uh, we're about to spoil it. Um, I thought this scene. I really loved like all the stuff in the toilet factory, the Milton factory, where they had the bright pink suits and mm-hmm. like the almost choreographed ballets with the forklifts and stuff. And I gradually, I read review that actually infuriated me because they thought all this stuff was just like these kitschy little biting off of Wes Anderson touches. And I think that you have to be pretty fucking obtuse right. to not realize this is his fantasy way of seeing the world that is right. in, throughout the entire movie. He's working a job that everybody else knows is a shit job. Yeah. They don't want to be doing it, no. but he's blazed out of his fucking mind on these meds. He's well, good to go. No, he's not blazed out of his mind. Or right, he's yeah. not blazed out of his mind on these meds at this point. So he's, he's seeing this fantasy world right. that he's constructed in his mind that's great. Right. No problem. Yeah, man. And um so where I, I guess when did you kind of like sit up a little bit straighter and start taking because I, I was like I, I think it was when he accidentally killed the first girl. It was the deer. The, the deer yes. the deer came through the window, yeah. Yes. And like I'm like I thought it was already pretty fucked. <laughs> it, was, it was just so fucking 
a so it was expected, and I was like, oh, okay, he's not looking something, at the road. Something bad. I gonna thought he happen might run here. over a person, and uh huh. And it had actually subverted my expectations a couple times at this point because I expected you know him to either accidentally run her over, sure. like as she was going to her car or something like that. And it never did that. And then when she got in the car, um, yeah, when that deer comes through the window and it started talking, I was like, all right, okay, this is fucked up and I'm in. Well, and that's the thing, like, because I kept on thinking it would be a different movie. Like, oh, this is going to be about yeah. the the guy who's a little challenged and he's a little slow or he's a little socially awkward, but he's going to get the girl and he's probably not going to get the the one girl, but he's going to, you know, he's got a real shot of Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick seems like she's tuned into his wavelength. Right. And then it turns into... Like and this, it does turn into that. It does, and then it goes and he's the other winning. way. He's, he's right. He's actually succeeding despite himself. And yeah. this then, is like a psychopath put into a rom com, right? And and then like when the deer starts talking to him and asks it to mercy kill, and he slits its throat in front of this girl, right? Then things get really crazy. And then when he comes after yeah. her with the knife and trips and accidentally stabs her, and then mercy kills her, mm-hmm. then. You go and, and like, oh my god, what's he gonna do? And then you see him go into the hardware store and getting like Get saws for days, saws and Tupperware containers, like a hundred different Tupperware containers. Like, oh, right, oh, and then yep, sure, you you see him slowly, methodically dismit dismember and stuff into these little freezer boxes. This girl, and then put her head in the fridge. And I started thinking, like, is this how the Jeffrey Dahmer got started? Right, right. It obviously, yeah, it evokes that. Uh, I I imagine. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, some, it's similar. I'm sure it's not exact. but And he has a one head in the freezer, and they start talking mm-hmm. to him. They need a friend, and... Maybe. I don't... And the, I thought the interesting how... Uh, it's probably typecasting, but the cat... He, so, yeah, he lives with a, a cat, Mr. Whiskers, and a dog. Yeah. Rufus? I don't The dog know. has a big, dumb dog name. Yeah. Because uh, it's a big dumb dog, but the cat is like the evil psychopath on his shoulder, and the yeah. dog, and they're all voiced by Ryan Reynolds, by the way. Yeah, which I could tell immediately, and I don't think the voices are particularly good. Oh, but... see, I thought I thought the cat was really pretty. Inter- I mean, I knew they're Ryan Reynolds, but I thought they were yeah. pretty funny, and also it fitting that I guess he the voices are coming from inside his sure, head. Sure, absolutely, thematically it makes sense. Um, but yeah, it's the the dog is the lovable one, and like I felt like. It generated some genuine emotion at the end of the movie where the dog essentially says, no, I'm wrong. You, you, I was wrong. You're a bad boy. Right. Yeah. And you need Even to get- his own inner voice is telling him, now both sides of it are like, there's no more struggle anymore. Yeah. You're bad. So at what point, like, <laughs> oh, this goes back, because I've, I've had the frustrating experience of having a very close friend who was bipolar and for the longest time refused to take medication. Mm-hmm. And, like, everything would be, like, hunky-dory for three to six months, and then something would fucking happen. Yeah. And, um, you know, then it was always the crash and dealing with the pieces. And, and you, you like, you know, I, I remember talking, this guy's name is Bill. I remember talking to Bill and being like, you know, after the latest episode, it's like, dude, why the fuck can't you, I mean, do you not see, like, that's how destructive this is and how you're going to, you're like, you're going to kill yourself one of these days in, in, in doing one of these crazy things. And he's like, the medicine just, like, makes me feel like I'm not even really alive. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the highs when he's under, like, the mania side are, like, almost worth the incredible lows and, like, the self-destructive behavior. Because, right. like, he was an artist and, he like, he couldn't make art when he was 
you know, and then the the drugs made him fat and killed a sex drive and like it's you know, it's almost like what do you do if you have a person that's a danger to themselves in society, but if they take medicine they feel like killing themselves? Uh no, it's a it's a fair question and it's it's interesting too when you look at like you said he was an artist, a lot of the great artists of of you know, reality have mental issues. A lot of them kill themselves. A sure. lot of them struggle with depression and Alcohol all those sorts and of drug things. addiction. Abuses, right. Like that's that there's I could see where if you turn off the things that make you super creative, you might feel like a life isn't worth living. Right. And in this case it wasn't necessarily that, but he felt extraordinarily lonely. You know, like that was the thing that drove him to uh I guess do all the things that he did is the loneliness, right? He had no friends. His own mother decided she would rather kill herself than be with him. Well, that's the other thing is that mental illness, you know, there's, there is a genetic component to that. I'm not sure. Cause oh, I'm yeah. not, it I'm, was, uh, it was in the movie. Yeah. I, I man, I wish, cause I, I kind of made friends with this psychologist down the, the street. Uh, uh-huh. and like, I should have pulled her in like, Hey, uh, <laughs> Uh, Teresa, watch this movie and then come in for an interview. Because uh, she indicated she might be down for that. Because I mentioned, because she deal, deals specifically with uh, p- treating PTSD in, and especially like vets and police mm-hmm. officers and first responders and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh man, we talk about that shit all the time on the Walking Dead podcast. Maybe we can get you on sometime. I would mm-hmm. like to hear what a professional has to say because. You know, it's it's not just that he was dealing with the loneliness and, like, the genetic, you know, the fact that his mom had the same kind of issues, but the fact that, like, his mental illness allowed him to overlook a lot of shitty aspects of his life, like the fact that he's working at a toilet factory. Mm-hmm. And it's not this colorful experience where uh, these these swirling patterns and he lives in a, a house that's that not even a house he lives in an abandoned bowling alley right. that's not bright and airy and, and lit there's like sure. you know animals confined and suffering and he's not keeping up in the housework and like that's the thing like when when julie's talking about how you get a glimpse into like how hoarders start mm-hmm. is that like do they just not see the squalor uh maybe and and like plus you've got you got you got two they have fa- a fundamentally different relationship to it that's for sure it's it's not it's not just that you've got two factors the fact that like they're not seeing the world accurately and also it's the boiling frog effect like it's not like they right. woke up one day and holy shit this whole room is just covered in feces and garbage it's like a little bit and like every time is like a lot yeah. you know it's kind of like me when I say hey I'm gonna go on a diet tomorrow and then I decide to pig out and. It's, you know, the line, it's, it's easy to move that line just a little bit more. And like, well, okay, if it gets beyond this path and you just like, oh, I'll just cut the door, shut the door and never go in this room. But that's the thing. Like when he went off med or when he went on his meds, suddenly he could see right. like, like the the accuracy of his situation. Yeah, he's he's choosing to live in the fantasy world versus, you know, living up to all the horrors that he's committed, A, and the horror that is his life, the loneliness, the just wretched living conditions all that and when you get to his backstory which the review that i read infuriated just was completely dismissive of it's like i how what other way could he go down like i mean like what do you mean you would need just just the, like the, just killing just indiscriminately no, no, I mean, murdering no like he, his chance of a normal life like with the genetics oh, and right. with yeah. the experience that he went through with his mother mm-hmm. I don't see how anyone walks out of that like it's it's a it's a um a Russian roulette 
kind of odd that you get out of that with any kind of normal life. I know people do. Oh, sure, but... Uh, yeah. You know, there's some people that go through all kinds of crazy things. There's some people that fall apart at comparatively minor things. And, you know, who, how can you predict it? And, and how can some people survive and how can some people not? Like, I don't know. But, like, I just remember thinking, like, what is the overall lesson in this movie? Because, like, even if it's like, oh, we need better mental health in the country. Well, what if people don't want to take their medicine? Sure. Like, you know, yeah. one of the fundamental dystopian future components of like fiction is the fact that like the state is forcing you on antidepressants and antipsychotics and stuff and nobody need to wants incentivize that. it don't need to force it you need to incentivize it how do you incentivize uh, someone to, to, to live with their shitty life by doing things for them that make their lives not so shitty yeah you because because like, the thing is so the other thing when i was thinking about this movie last night is we know how colorful and bright the, 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 his mental situation made his job and like his, his bowling alley existence and his mm-hmm. talking with his friends. There's a lot of indications in the movie where people aren't as friendly to him as we, as they seem to be like, cause it seems to be in the very, like the first 30 minutes of the movie that everyone is pretty much broadly supportive. Like you could see a little bit of like how the women were like kind of secretly repulsed by him or like thought he was creepy, but like, not nearly as much as you would think given his situation. And I wonder if like, we're supposed to understand that people actually were kind of mean and mocking and addict to him. And like, whereas if we could find a generosity to embrace people like this, maybe, but that's, that's hard to do, man. Yeah. Well, I was wondering, cause like, uh, the first woman he kills whose name I can't remember. I don't remember any of the any of the names of in this movie. Right, period. Jerry. Like, Jerry's the one. Jerry, is that Ryan Reynolds? Jerry, Jerry's Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Fiona. Fiona. Yeah, the first one he kills. Uh, she seemed to only be nice to him, or interested in him when she was intoxicated. And I don't know if that's oh. something they were trying to say, or if they were showing like maybe his fantasized view of it mm. at times. Like, oh, she's so nice to me. She's dancing with me. Like. I, I read that as, oh, she's smashed at the company party. Oh, she smashed after the karaoke sure. night. Now she's going to be super nice to him. Whereas in the office, she's always like, fuck that guy. I don't, I, I'm ducking under my desk so I don't have to see, see him. See, I, I read it that they all had this preconception he's a weirdo. And uh-huh. then when she ditched him for the date and then she got locked or, you know, she's caught in the rain. And I like how they filmed that as like a serial killer, kind of like a stalker, like a scary uh-huh. movie. And then it turned out to not be. And then... Whoa! Surprise! It was yeah. Um. Then when she he picked him up and she he was like not like a dick about it, just like mm-hmm. you know really cool. She's like, oh, you know, because I imagine a lot of dudes you pull that shit on and they'd be like, fuck you, bitch, and sure. you know, like I I just hear how women's experiences on online dating sites go, and the fact that he was really chill about it and wasn't like holding a grudge or anything, I think genuinely impressed her, and she's like, okay. Think so? I, will, I mean, because okay. plus he's Ryan Reynolds, so he's baseline hot, right? Nice body. Yeah. If if he in you know he's a creep, but then she's like, well, maybe I was wrong. Maybe because I think everybody in, in, in their life sometimes confronts a situation where like, man, maybe I'm being a dick. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm being like a fucking elitist dick, and I should give this person more of a chance. But that's the other problem I was going to get to is like I know because I've I've had probably more than than the usual run-ins with with people that have mental problems. Growing up in a cult, 
replete with people with mental problems. <laughs> um, and I, I, you know, I, I try to be a kind and generous soul. Like there's a, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, a really disturbed person in our apartment complex that like um, it was exhausting just having a conversation like every single time, like he would come up to me multiple times a day and start talking about the same fucking thing. Like I, you know, and like, you know, creeping out my son and creeping out my girlfriend. It's like, I, I, I realize how few resources there are for people in society. Like, and it's so much easier just to shut that shit out Mm -hmm. and just like ignore it. And, and, and it magically goes away. So, and you know, it, for some reason, seeking any kind of mental health in mental help in some ways, uh, is viewed as an admission of weakness or, or something to be looked down right. upon, right? Whereas, like, you go to a doctor with a broken leg and say, right. fix me up, doc. Yeah. Nobody bats an eye at that. That's the thing you do. Right. But if you go see a psychiatrist, people are like, oh, why is he seeing a psychiatrist? What, what can he deal with? There is still quite a bit of stigma amongst, right. you know, getting mental health. I think that's getting better. It is. But but the, the big problem is when you have a guy like this Ryan Reynolds character, like Jerry, whose parents are gone. Mm-hmm. And had terrible parents even when they were around and been put into the system. Like, the the people that are mentally ill and have strong support networks, you don't hear about because they're not a problem because they're getting the support right. they need. It's, it's always the people that are, sl- like, slipping through the cracks. And mm-hmm. it seems like, and I'm going to try to say this as bluntly as possible just to, I, 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 to identify the problem, is in those situations – you have to really care about someone to give them the help and the support they need because it is exhausting. Mm-hmm. But you got a de- you got a situation where a person has no friends and family because their family were either mentally ill themselves or maybe they're a drug addict and they got in the system and they've turned into these very uncomfortable to deal with people and you're asking total fucking strangers out of the goodness of their heart, which, you know, uh, amazingly there are people like that out in the world – but can that is is that something you can sustain? And are there enough of those people that can can make a big difference in some of these people's lives? I mean, you're talking about you know I'm not saying anything new about the percentage of homeless people that are also mentally ill, mm-hmm. and how those behaviors and ways of thinking prevent them from you know um, I, I I don't know like it's that's the thing about this movie it made me think about a lot of that stuff and there aren't any really great answers. Yeah. Um, and you know, also vanishingly a small amount of people that are actually so so disturbed that they actually hurt other people. Sure, sure. I almost wondered if that was going too far into like sensationalism and stigmatism. Like, hey, if you do befriend the weird loner at work, he might fucking kill you. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, it certainly there it's a are horror people movie. out there like that. I mean, yeah. it's not it's not uncommon to hear of serial killers. It it happens. So like. I don't like if you want to say that this is an example of every single mental per- mentally ill person. I think right, you're wrong. I think right. you're dead wrong. It's almost like this is it's like just, this is a specific instance of it. This is like, and I, I know they've actually done this with a Halloween, but this is like if you got to see Michael Myers from his perspective. Okay, yeah, like he's not obviously can't right. be the bad guy in his life, right? He's got to mm-hmm. be doing things in his head that make sense because you know people aren't cartoon villains. Actually, the remake of Halloween does a pretty good job of that. <laughs> I just watched that last year and I just thought it was Drek, man. Oh, I loved it. Like I, I, I just like yeah, it's like I get it. he's got a really fucked up uh, upbringing and whatnot, but yeah, yeah, like but this I guess was a little bit more accessible because even then it was an external portrait of what's going on. It sure. wasn't from his perspective, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas Ronald, Ryan Reynolds, you know, he's talking to these severed heads and everything's beautiful and right. 
I, I thought that was pretty effective at sucking him in. Yeah, that's just one of the things that annoys me when people look at a movie and they say, this doesn't this doesn't work when generalized. Well, no fucking shit, it doesn't. This is a singular story. Right. Don't get on your high horse too much here. Right. Uh, maybe cut it some slack and take it for what it is. Yeah. As opposed to what you wanted it to be. And right. I think if you if it would be unwise to extend this portrayal of a mentally ill person to a anyone in real life probably, or uh-huh. b specifically like all all of the mentally ill people out there. Yeah, and I, I think it's like there's very little danger of that since this is such a niche film. But I'm wondering right. that this movie made $350 million in America. I guarantee there'd be pieces written by people who were mentally ill and hurt by the depiction of them. And, like, this is going to essentially make the problem worse. Because that's the thing. Like, I feel like a lot of this stuff, like, it's like, oh, it raises awareness. Well, sometimes it's the wrong kind of awareness. And I, not, I, again, I don't know if this is, though. I think it might. Like, if you take an actual look at what the film is trying to say, right? it's... It's a sympathetic one, message. It's not. And it's not just this crazy killer on the loose. So that, and that's why. That's why. So I've been through years of therapy to overcome the issues I got. You know, from growing up in a cult and having your parents right. abandon you, and all the, the various shit that I've gone through. Yeah. And um, one of the things I, I appreciate or I came to understand is the reason like um, group therapy is so effective is because knowing that. A lot of times when you're depressed or you're feeling hurt or you're bad, you you internalize. You think, I'm the only one that's going through this. Like, I'm just this unbelievable fuck up. Right. And hearing other people talk about the exact same thoughts and feelings you're going through, which is why I thought that scene where the therapist was was held at knife point. Uh And he's like, essentially, I need you to fix me. We need rapid therapy right now. And, like, she (laughs) – it's funny because, like – and I had a couple of different therapists I didn't click with, but the one that I stuck with, and he helped me a lot, um, he was incredible because I actually had a session that it wasn't exactly the same problem, but he, like, like three or four sessions in, he, at the end of it, he sat down and, like, just insightfully said, this is, these are the things you're going through, and these are the things that you're thinking, and mm-hmm. these are what I want you to focus in, and, like, I, I just felt like I had a raw, like, holy shit, like, this is, like, I can roll up my sleeves and go, this is an actionable list. This isn't just me talking about, like, yeah, I know my childhood's fucked up. I went through it. Sure. Like, you know, it's kind of shameful to talk about, and it feels good to get out of the chest, but, like, you know, what exactly is the damage inflicted, and how do I go mm-hmm. about fixing it? And, right. like, I feel like a good therapist or a good uh, psychiatrist, um, and maybe you need, a lot, you know, uh, seems like maybe you need both because it's not, therapist can't prescribe drugs uh <laughs> right sure yeah but but it, it seems like a good one can do that for you mm-hmm. um and it's it's too bad because i feel like he had the breakthrough like what if he had that breakthrough a year ago you know and like also okay. why didn't right. she why didn't she like did did or even a, a week ago right like yeah like where he got did back this, to like where killing. did that come from like because like, again it's like they made it seem like it's almost like she was just pulling this out of her ass but i'm like to me Having worked with some good therapists, I feel like that's kind of like what a good therapist does because that's the thing. Like people aren't unique, you know. Like everyone's circumstances and individual experiences, the details are are different. But like you know, just yeah. like there's only like six basic stories you can tell. Mm-hmm. There's not that many ranges in human emotion. People are betrayed. People are neglected. People are walled off. Like you know, and and there's ways you can you can fix that and reprogram your wetware. Sure, I thought that was simultaneously shown as like almost a preposterous thing and also like something that like yeah actually that's the way it should work 
Like you shouldn't be going to someone for a year and make zero progress. Either, either the therapist is shitty or you're not putting in work. Okay. One of those two things is, and, and maybe you need, maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe you need some, some drugs to support you. Cause that's the other, it seems like a crucial thing. You need, uh, the, 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 uh, the initial work is so hard that you need something to help you out. Especially if your brain is entrenched in certain biochemical patterns, you need something to jumpstart it out of that. Yeah. Or, you know, it's kind of like, you know, your broken leg example, like, yeah, the doctor fucking set your bone, but he also gives you some Vicodin. Right. Because good luck with having a fucking broken bone in your body not hurting. Sure, you can physically heal just fine without it. Yeah, but... you don't, but, you know, are you going to do as quickly? Are you going to have as much yeah. success? Are you going to get as much sleep? Is, it, is a broken leg healing without any pain medication going to cause you to kill? Maybe. Maybe. Might cause me to kill. Sure. Uh, what do you think of Jackie Weaver in this? The, the thought, mom so... from Animal Kingdom. So she's from Animal Kingdom. Oh shit! Yeah, really? yeah. She's, um, I'm playing been... a totally different role here, right? Like Animal Kingdom, she's like super manipulative and like just evil to the core. And here she's playing someone who she's also in Silver Lines Playbook. But I also oh, is she? isn't she Hannah's mom from Girls? No, she's not. That's a different person. Hmm, Holy yeah, shit! That's a different person. Um. Okay. Yeah. No. That's wow. That's amazing. Yeah, she's totally different in this. Yeah, she's she's a quote unquote good person in this film. Yeah, uh, trying to do Seemingly. good work. Um, no, I thought she was she's she's really good and exactly what you needed to be. I thought yeah. that um, Anna Kendrick was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you understand why she kind of got into relationship with Ryan, and I saw the way they showed like the fact that she, you know, when he took her to his childhood home, he was gonna fucking kill her. Yeah, and she had no idea she was navigate. They do that in, like, there's, like, I think Red Dragon. Uh, That's the one where uh, Lord Voldemort uh, does the... uh, It's the Hannibal Lecter. In the Hannibal Lecter universe, yeah. Uh Um, But there's a a situation like that, too, where, like, this woman is being put on an audition for her life. Hmm. And, you know, essentially she's going to stand in for the guilt or innocence of all women everywhere going back to his mother, right? But right. that's why Anna yeah, Kendrick, yeah, she yeah. was she was essentially being judged and based on her reaction, mm-hmm. um, and she could have had a perfectly natural reaction that would have gotten her killed. Mm-hmm. But because of luck and compassion on her part, she well, I mean, she didn't avoid being killed, unfortunately. <laughs> no. In that moment she did. But she did sure, in that yeah. moment. Yeah. yeah. Uh no, I, I like I actually really, really like the flashback scene. That mm-hmm. that one there, I think the one with the father was a little overdone. Uh, it was a little much with his mother standing behind in the spotlight and like watching from a distance as his father shakes him and says, "Oh, essentially, yeah, you have to act like a man." Right, right, right. <laughs> it was a Godfather moment. I feel like you had to have both sides of that. You had to show the like you know the active trauma and the right, passive right. trauma. I just wish they had filmed it a little differently on that first one. But the second flashback really worked for me. Mm-hmm. Like, it was amazing how much uh, sorrow and and loneliness they conveyed in, like, just a couple of minutes of flashback. It was really good. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, this thing's tone, like, it's got, like, I laughed out loud a couple of times. And then even in some of the grisly murder stuff it was it's still kind of not not exactly slapstick but definitely like oh wow this is 
like uncomfortable funny and like black comedy funny. But then yeah. you're right. Then that third act, there was some stuff where I really felt bad for the guy because I'm like, shit, man, I don't know what you were supposed to do. You were like right. fucked from the time you popped out of this woman's v- <laughs> vagina. Yeah. You had no shot. You had a one in a million shot, and you didn't have Han Solo helping you out. So, um, I don't uh, know. What? So let's talk real quick about like the dog and the cat. Okay. Because we mentioned briefly like oh, what shit. their role was, but like it made a lot of sense that these were these roles were embodied within the dog and the cat because the cat obviously being predator, and you can see this uh, in the scenes where they're watching TV. You know, mm-hmm. apparently he likes to see hogs fuck. I don't know what that's all about, but yeah, yeah. But then he likes to see you know the gazelle or the zebra. What was it being killed by the lion? Right. Uh, he's he's a predator, right? Mm-hmm. That's the voice he's going to have is the one telling him to kill the dog, man's best friend. He doesn't want him to kill anybody. Mm-hmm. He just wants him to be friendly. It's everyone to get along. Yeah. And also, I got I want to shout out the acting of the animals. Okay. Like I mean, you know, that's uh, but but the CG acting, yeah. Um, I always think it's amazing, like, when I saw the first Babe, and they're like, oh, wow, they actually are getting performances out of these animals, and they they mm. spent a lot of time, like, figuring out how to do that. Like, there's this one scene where uh, the mother dog is having her puppies taken from her, and this dog is just looking like it's, like, it's, like, really emoting the shit out of being sad and, like, not understanding what's going on and why is this happening to me. And the director, I was listening to the commentary, and he's like, the way the handler got that is he took, he, he had strips of bacon that he slowly pulled out of his pocket and just stood there. And the dog was just, like, going through this, like... A range. The feelings over bacon. <laughs> but it was, like, I was reading it as, as this, 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 this mother having her children wrenched from her. And I think that's a cool... Like, like <laughs> that cat, like, really legit emotes being pissed. And, Sometimes, And yeah. being a bastard. And the dog less so. But I was, like, just amazed at, like... You know, because you can just have the CG guys, like, you know, make their mouths do whatever. But to get the moments where the animals are kind of naturally in that state... Uh, I thought was pretty cool. They had to bring in the effects guys from Look Who's Talking. <laughs> <laughs> the movie looked, I mean, I don't know what the budget was, but the movie had a lot of money they spent on it in both just a staging of the practical, like, you know, Wes Anderson type toilet factory scenes and the CGI on the animals. And there was also, like, you know, animated butterflies. And Yeah. What did you think about that? I thought that might have been gilding the lily a bit. Uh... Like for him to totally go into Bluebird it, on my shoulder. It would mode. have, yeah, it would have easily been enough for it to just be sunny and clean. Um, to have actual like butterflies flying around was a little silly, but right. a lot of stuff in this movie is a little silly. Uh, speaking of a little silly, the Elvis impersonator, the so, Asian karaoke. So this is one of the sections of the movie that didn't work for me. Okay, I actually didn't like. The cutting back and forth between her night out and his night out. Oh, really? Why I don't, not? I just don't think it didn't do anything for me because huh. his situation seemed so ridiculous and over the top. And I thought he was maybe actually having a good time watching it. Oh, yeah. I think he, yeah, totally. And, and therefore, like, wasn't really missing her that much. Like, I would have liked to see a sadder version of him being cut between. Yeah, but that, I feel like that's true to life because when I think of like some of my friends that, um, you know, I always go back to Orfer. Sure, yeah. Like he would sometimes get understand that life was boning over, but not the way you or I would. Right. 
Like, you know, um, it's, it's, so I do think that he, the same things that made him, you know, a psycho killer also insulated him a bit from the harsh, what, and why he could be like kind of matter of fact about, well, yeah, you stood me up and yeah, I'm bummed out, but yeah. You know, I'm still going to want to help you out if you're stuck in the rain kind of deal. And I still want to look at this Elvis impersonator also, with his dick. I, I don't <laughs> know what the close-up on that's for. Uh, I don't know. And then how about, like, I'm pretty sure that the uh, Bruce Lee guy, that's in his mind, right? No, I think this is all happening. No, I think the Elvis was legit. <laughs> I think the Bruce Lee guy coming from the salad bar was... Okay, you might be right. Was, I, and then I didn't think so when I was watching it, but, like, a little bit more in the movie, I'm like, oh, I get what they're doing. And, and it does... The sign says like live Elvis impersonator or whatever. Yeah, tonight not doesn't say martial arts and right. martial arts. But I also not think the cutting back Bruce and forth because that's when the movie was still operating in this kind of like rom com situation. I'm like, oh, the tragedy is she would have really had a good time at this place. Oh, maybe so. Yeah, but she just can't conceive that this dork would like. And he's like, oh, I got a big. It's a, it's the greatest show in the earth. Like. Mm-hmm. She was essentially doing – I mean, she was having a lot of fun too Oh yeah, out in night karaoke. But she would have – I think that's the point was if she had gone with him, she would have had a really good time too. And, you know, juxtaposing his being pleased with himself and still being kind of bummed and her having a good time and not even thinking about him I thought was powerful in that – and, and mm-hmm. kind of necessary for the, the, the rom-com subversion to work. In fact – I, so there, let me what let me talk mean? about let me criticize this movie a bit because okay. it's got two two flaws one that's like almost fatal and other that I kind of wish that the title sequence didn't have a whole bunch of knives and like obvious allusions to people being butchered because and I heard that like well, the promotional poster had the girl's head yeah, on the plat yeah like you could have really amped up the holy shit moments if you had sold the fact that this was a your your stereotypical rom-com and then had that stuff happen but then imagine imagine yeah, the backlash the, the, i mean the carpet the rug being i don't know the movie's strong enough to carry it off is what i think the people they're going to be pissed about Seeing are going to be the pissed the visceral anyway. reactions to this movie negative visceral reactions i'm not i think they would have been even worse had they done the old switcheroo on people. All right. Well, it seems like we are, we are going to be on the same page about the ending. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I was shocked that they had, um, like, I, I think it should have just faded to black with him dying in the fire. Yeah. Him coming back and doing his singing and dancing musical number just, like, made me think that I had gotten the wrong idea and they had made a less thoughtful, interesting movie than I suspected. Like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? This is so weird. This is how you end Ghostbusters. Right. It the- almost retro- retroactively made the movie worse somehow. Yeah. Like, everything I had seen up to then made less sense or was worth less because of this final Why scene. Why do you think they did that? Do you think they're like, oh, man, we've gone too far into this tone and people are just going to be bummed out? But I kind of think you want to be bummed out. It should be a little bit of a tragic. Yeah, thing. I don't, I don't need a happy ending for this character. I mean, the one He's guy, the things. one guy's always had his back. The mental, fa- the mental facade of his dog has rejected him on good reason. And like, yeah. that's the other thing is like, um, you know, I try to tell people they're suicidal. Like, you know, you'll get better, and there's, you know, you're, 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 mm-hmm. you know, living is so much better, and you're gonna. Li- but like with this particular person, like. 
It's doing a lot of harm to other people. Well, not only that, but like his best case scenario is life in prison or a mental right. institution. Or a life on the pills just entirely shut down. No, he's going to do hard time. Like there's no oh, fucking way. Well, he's, okay, at that point, yes. Yeah, but he's, I, he's Jeffrey Dahmer. He might get beat to death in prison a couple of years later. Like I just – like it's such a – the time to intervene for him was so far back in the past, and that, that's the thing. Like, so I well, guess I, unless you've multiple killed people and put them in the refrigerator, still don't commit suicide, right? I if you have yeah, killed people th- and put think, them in the fridge, and maybe yeah, burn 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 your house down with you in it. But I'm trying to figure out how long he's been actually killing. So it, it's before Fiona, really. What is I think your, so what because is your evidence he, because he has a lot of boxes packed up and stacked up in his. His house, but that seems like he like he. I got the impression that those were all the Chinese takeout boxes that he just doesn't ever throw away. Really, they didn't have body parts in them. Well, I mean, uh, the, the movie, way they were packed the up, I lying thought, to but... us if that's not his first kill. And okay, like okay, yeah, that's I, fair. I see what you're saying, yeah. but I just I just took that as just um, you know he's barely able to function as an adult, right? Like, I mean, look at the way he interacted with people in the. You know the the planning meeting, like he just yeah. had no idea how to really genuinely act with people. Did the cat and dog eat any of the body? I wondered that. There was myself. a moment. There was there was like a mo- he woke up and he looked around and everything. Now I know this was him on his meds, right? Mm-hmm. And so it was to demonstrate, oh look, look how fucked everything is. Yeah. Um, when you're on meds, but. It also looked like there was maybe a trail and maybe like a little pool of blood in front of the dog. And no, I, I think that's that kind of what animals do if you leave something well, out. Well, that's the thing is like I felt so bad for the animals because so clearly this guy just confines them and doesn't feed them. them there was does, right for, forgets to feed them, doesn't yep. let them out, and they're just trapped in here with this maniac. Yeah, uh, you know, and the, it's like this. Yeah, when he went off, when he went on the meds. Mm-hmm. It was some bleak shit. Like that head was gross, and yeah. like a, like you look around at his uh, uh, place, and oh my god! At the end, I was so tense. Like with Anna Kendrick, like why the fuck do you not walk away? This guy is acting really weird and sketchy about oh, going back right. to his house, and you think it's a good idea to like pick the lock and go like. Yeah. Not that she deserved it, but like no. my god, the alarm bells. Although, man, she really liked fucking this dude. I guess. <laughs> I suppose so. Um, you know, it's Ryan Reynolds after all. Yeah. Uh, the other I, thing that I really liked um, is when he kills Fiona, and I forget, is it the cat or the dog that tells him he's got to go back and and hide the body? I think it's the cat. Because the dog says okay. you should go to the cops and tell them, right. tell them what had happened, you know? Yep. Like, it's... it's, it's it's a it's a fucking story, but like you know, you didn't really do quote unquote anything wrong. And the cat's like, you, I forget, like you are. <laughs> They're so gonna fuck- lock you up. Yeah, They're you gonna are. Fuck this you is, in the ass. This is a bunch right? of naive bullshit. You're gonna. And the dog's like, no one's gonna fuck you in the ass, Jerry. <laughs> right? Sure. Uh, but he goes back out to the woods and he sees, you know, her her majestic beauty there laying on the ground no blood oh yeah no, no you could see the wounds but they right. were like bleached or like it, yeah. yeah it was really really great it was and then he takes the body away and then it pans down and i'm like oh they're gonna show the one thing that's gonna lead back to him mm-hmm. and they do it's mm-hmm. the shoe it's but the then shoe. there's also just a pile of guts laying right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was like okay awesome <laughs> i also thought there might be like i thought i was starting to get like oh my god they're gonna go necrophilia with this and i don't know but because like I'm glad they didn't because he seemed to be entirely too innocent to yeah. do something like that. Hmm. 
but I'm glad for whatever reason. I think that might have been like everyone's got their their level of like how much creepy weird shit they can put up with, mm-hmm. and I think that would have sent me screaming over the edge. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, what else we can we have to talk about? So I thought one other scene that really really didn't need to be there. Um, when he and Andrick Kendrick Anna Kendrick, Anna yeah. Kendrick I can't speak. Mm-hmm. Uh hook up for the first time right they didn't i don't know why they showed the scene of them going to bed they could have just like they literally they come back the next morning and she's like oh that was amazing last night or whatever why put that but like 45 second scene in there at all i don't even remember it yeah it's a throwaway scene yeah i don't know why that was in there it didn't bug me but yeah sure I mean, it didn't bug me because it's not that long, but it's just that's the other thing. Is this movie? This movie doesn't overstay its welcome. It's pretty. It's it's pretty tight, like hour forty five. Yeah. So if like, you shut yeah, it off guess... before the final song. It's pretty short. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing. Is like that song kind of goes on forever. There is some really. I remember because I was finishing up my notes and doing some reading while the credits were rolling, and there was. Um, I don't know if you did the same, but there was actually a song I think sung from the dog's point of view that also was kind of effective. Um, I think. If I were to make a fan cut of this, maybe I trim out the part that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely fade the black at the smoke, um, and then I throw the dog singing this kind of forlorn song, forlorn song, <laughs> okay, uh, over over the credits, and then that's then then that movie becomes it's it's flirting with being important. Yeah. At All that, right. like that's the thing. Like, his movie comes so close to being like you know in the Ponty Pool, where it's like you just fucking go watch it. It's it's a mind blowing, amazing little movie, and it's like not quite at that level because there's just a few things that keep it off course. Oh yeah, I agree. But I was really impressed with with the project, and you know, also I was impressed with um, uh, the director who I cannot I I trained myself to, and now I'm drawing a complete blank of her name. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, Mar- Marjan, I was super impressed because this is like the first kind of like thing she's done full feature, and there was a lot of complicated shit. There's practical effects. There's all the core, you know, that Wes Anderson crazy choreography and design mm-hmm. that like has to be just so for it to work. And man, smashed it. Yeah. Smashed it. Went from an like a an animated thing based on her graphic novel to this. Pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. Uh, I don't have much else to say about it. You let me ask you about that final scene. Okay, are you talking about the dance number? No, before. Well, yes, but before that as well. He goes to heaven. Well, I mean, is this a delusion? Gotta be right. I, I like the cat and the dog going their separate ways. I thought that was pretty interesting. I, I kind of interpreted it as his like you know, of course, I'm a secular atheist. I interpreted it as his like last few minutes of. Okay. Consciousness as he's as he's passing out due to carbon dioxide inhalation. So he views himself as having gone to heaven. I guess. Why? I I don't understand the the heaven here. I would have thought if anything, he would see himself as the dog sees him as a horrible person who's not deserving of that. Hmm. I don't know. Like I I I couldn't I I can't summon the uh the theological argument. Okay. I mean he's crazy. Number one. Number two. There's this right. idea that death kind of atones for everything. 
Um, death is the thing that atones for everything then how does anyone go to hell i don't know that's this is the old <laughs> witness in me like you know the wages that sin pay are death then like i i you know there's some things i think are logically consistent of the witness doctrine if you're going to believe in in some stuff and i always thought that was kind of nice and tidy the fact that like there's essentially uh you know you, you die because mm-hmm. you're a sinner um, God can resurrect you, and he, in fact, the, the official witness doctrine is that he will resurrect everyone, and then you'll be given a chance to be placed back into the, because that's, you know, it's like a raw deal. It's like, well, Adam and Eve fucked me. I've got the sinful nature, and I'm warring against it. Why am I, I'm like, sure. it's fundamentally like I want unfair. the clean slate they got. Right. And the, that's, the witness doctrine is everybody gets that. They're going to restore earth to paradise, and everybody gets resurrected, and then Satan will get the uh, a, a brief period to tempt everyone, and anyone that makes a catacomb, Classically stupid decision to follow Satan uh, gets gets destroyed, um, and that's it. But like you know, um, you do get a clean. So like I, but then again, he wasn't. It'd have been super interesting if he was raised as Jehovah's Witness. Then this movie would have been eleven out of (laughs) ten. But (laughs) yeah, that's why I'm thinking like maybe like if you die, then you know you're now at the same place that's everybody else. Why it's, it's heaven. It's arguably better than Earth. You did him a favor. I don't know. <laughs> nah. That's the thing. It if was heaven, dubious. If the whole end better, of this movie is If dubious. heaven's better in every way than our existence on Earth, then, mm-hmm. you know, I understand, like, suicide being a mortal sin, but um seems like people people don't live their life th- with that conviction. Okay. I cling to life desperately. I don't ever want it to end. I, I would love to know what our audience thinks at the end of this movie. Like, why why the end of this movie is the way it is it's not a deal breaker like no I it's said, not it's, it's, it's definitely it's... not and there's something just kind of under the surface on this film where yeah. it's not as bubblegum as you think it's gonna be it's at the beginning uh it's not as cavalier with mental illness as you think it's gonna be at the beginning either yeah and it's surprisingly sympathetic to yeah the, it's it's main focus and again like i don't you know, hate him in like a evil serial killer way. It's more like just right. I feel profound pity for him. Like I don't mm-hmm. see how you could have gotten out of the situation you're put in because it's just a it's just a raw raw deal, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. You got anything else? Nope. Uh, we will be back uh, probably next week with although it's going to be tight for, with screamers. Uh, have you seen it? 1995 science fiction movie. No. Starting P- P- starting RoboCop. No. All right, awesome. Promises uh, promises to be a B mo- uh, movie sci fi to its core, so that'll be fun. Sweet. Uh, but we'll be uh, we'll be we'll, we'll have that out. If you'd like to commission, uh, also thanks again, uh, Julie, two time commissioner Julie Webster, uh, for rocking my world twice with something completely unexpected. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you very much for that, and also for your support. If you would like to commission a podcast and help support Bald Move, it's pretty easy. You go to baldmove.com, hit shop. Uh, there's a lot of stuff out there for uh, your consideration in the community queue, which are things where you can pitch in ten bucks at a time um, to to uh, have us uh, you know pre-selected stuff. There's like still twelve monkeys, Apocalypse Now, two of the Back to the Futures, um, Casablanca, lots of different stuff uh, that's still available, um, and then also uh, you can just grab the brass ring and, and pull down your own custom one. Uh, and you can find all that stuff at baldmove.com slash shop. So thanks again, and we'll see you on the next one.